0: This is a podcast from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Hi, this is so Phil Up, You're listening to Live and Troops of
1: Okay, how, how well can we do the intro here, guys? Not well. Should we bring the intro back up?
0: Was, live!
1: Live from. This is us! Live! This is great! What is this?
2: It's live wire, I think, and no, it's not it's live
1: wire. It's, live wire. it's no, radio marinara. It is marinara. There's been a there's been a weird thing crossed it's in the weird. system.
0: It's the rain.
1: So we are not live wire. We are radio marinara. Good morning, welcome to three uh, triple Welcome to radio marinara. I'm Anthony Boxhaw.
0: I'm Dr Beach. I'm Dr Surf. And I'm
1: Jay. How are we all Dr. this morning, Doctor Doctor Jay.
0: Doctor Jay. <laughs> D- live from New Orleans. Yeah, Dr J, known as um,
2: Son of Surf.
0: Son of no, Surf. No, not yeah. yet. No. <laughs> no, he's Dr J <laughs> in his own right. We're all very well. We came up. We were expecting... To float up. Floods. Float up. Yeah, no, come up in the boat. Come up yeah, in the boat, boat. But out. it's quite, you know, it's not too bad, is it? And um,
1: no. on the way up, you didn't see the um, Radio Marinara theme. No. No, I didn't see it on the side of the
2: road
0: either. It's gone north. We've
1: had a glitch in the system this morning. I think it's all the rain. And um, we've, we've just the, the radio marathon theme has disappeared into the system, but uh, well, I'm sure we'll find the outro theme. But you know who we are, and we would like to thank Young Timothy, who um, a brilliant show yet again.
2: Brilliant show! I would like to thank him for waking me up to smog this morning.
1: Just mm. yeah,
2: <laughs> At around seven
1: thirty. Uh, just you know, or was it, or was a, or was was it Bill Callahan?
2: And, oh, I forget what he was called then.
1: It's a marvelous show. Hmm. Anyway, we've got our own show to do, Sand's theme, and we've got a bunch of stuff on now. If you haven't caught up, there is no uh, uh, barbecue. There's a bunch of soggy sausages somewhere that are going to be dried out in time. next
0: year it's, <laughs> it's very, very muddy down at Series. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, um,
1: we're, with the, all the normal station, all the normal shows, you're probably caught up with this, but it'll be on from the studio. There'll be no going down to Series, no having barbies.
2: But we will be having a three Triple R barbecue day sometime in February. Yes. Date to be announced. Yeah. So definitely. for all those who um, enjoy going along to that wonderful celebration, it's still going to happen. But yeah. it's going to be in late summer, not early summer.
1: It's going to take that time for the sausages to dry out, I think. Hmm. And And so what we're going to do is we're going to play music about barbecues. Yeah. Just for the sake of it. Just
0: whatever. Yeah. I picked this the the music last weekend because it was very hot. So there's, a, there's sort of a disconnect between we, the actual weather and the music. But anyway...
1: We hadn't had the apocalyptic warning from uh, <laughs> the emergency management people at that time, had maybe. <laughs> um, and then um, we've got a bunch of news, lots and lots of news to catch up on. Uh, and then uh, Jay, Dr J, not so Dr J, or Dr J. Dr J Dr Sir, if you're going to work us through the perfect, perfect wave. Perfect
0: wave, and it's very topical at the moment. Yes. It's because Kelly Slater's perfect wave, which has been... It's an artificial wave. In a pool 700 metres long It's been bought by the World Surf League And so we're it's going to talk ooh. about the implications about that ooh. And maybe oh, even radical. the Olympics
1: <gasps> Controversy Yes Controversy. Controversy. Controversial
3: Yeah, yeah. there'll be some very divided
2: opinions, I think ooh, In the surfing community okay. well, And yeah.
0: it was even in The Guardian yesterday Look away, yeah So it's gone international. You <laughs> talked to Dr. Peach. I did. not understand no, what he said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and then to two resident Frenchman. Today, where are you catching up with anybody uh, later on, Doctor
2: Moon? I, I am. I'm going. I'm going to catch up with um, someone with uh, more of an Italian name than French. <laughs> yeah. Um, Genutzi. Alex Genutzi. Um, She's going to join us. Uh, from Queenscliff, from deep down in near our heads, near our fair, fair heads. Alex from the. Um, Queenscliff Marine Discovery Centre, is that what we call it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's going to be taking us through how to look after ourselves in summer, on the water, in the water, and she's also going to be telling us about wonderful activities that they have down there and trying to encourage us to make the most of all these orientations that we have to the marine environment.
1: So we have loads of marine and coastal news and views and science and all kinds of stuff in between now and then. But why don't we start with the what was the weather and what will be the weather? Dr Beach, we're kicking off with you. And then, and then we've got the live surf report with the surfer boys. Yeah. Fantastic. So don't touch the surf. I won't yeah. touch Dr. the surf. Beach.
2: I, I won't look at swells <laughs> being early northwest winds. We know how grumpy the they will make and Dr. That, Dr. Yeah, surf yeah, if no. you start reading out of that thing. Yeah. Instead, the uh, city today, 13 to 18 degrees, winds 26k an hour, 80% chance of 1 to 5 millimetres of rain. Uh, I I'm really not going to talk. There's nah, been so much bloody that. talk about the rain in the last couple of days. I'm not going to talk any more about it, except that tomorrow is going to be 21 degrees with just a sprinkle, less than one millimeter. Uh, 24 on Tuesday, 22, 22, 20, 22. Looking throughout the rest of the week, Ew, so wow. it's, it's it's not getting hot again. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's very Good. cool. I like it like Kicks that. Off yeah, the start I, of summer. Way too hot. Just a little bit of rain, perhaps. Well, maybe 5 to 10 millimetres on Thursday. Right. But it does behoove me to read out the tides. So at Lonnie Point Lonsdale at the Heads, it was low tide at 5 a.m., which no one cares about now, but it's going to be high tide of 1.34 metres at 11.31 a.m.
0: this morning. Dr. Surf, what about the surf?
1: Yeah, what's it look like? Terrible. Terrible.
0: There's a, yeah, there's a sloppy wind swell. It's quite mm. big, but it's quite... I don't know what the age said, but it was 20 oh, knots southwest when I got up. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that means it's very choppy. You will get waves at lawn, maybe Point Road night. Mm, there's a very Bay. choppy wave yeah. in Western Port Bay. Bay. Yeah. But it's one of those swells I mean, where... would you it, get them in Western Port Bay? Well, you go to Pines or something Pines like that. Bay. But it, it it's one of those days where it's a choppy wind swell. The wave will break, but there's no wall on it, so... If it's just wanna, junk. It'll, It'll be like... Is, yeah, but the good news the is the water's makes. warm. Yeah, very warm. How warm? Very warm? Well, 17. Oh, that is well, warm. Oh, that is better warm. than 10. Yeah, yeah. And so no booties, none of that crap. It's yeah, quite pleasant. Is warm. So, look, if you want a wave, get out there, but don't expect too much. It's that time of the year.
1: Oh, well, you heard it first live mm. on Radio Marinara.
0: You yes. just mentioned Point, Point Road Night before saying waves
2: down there. And that reminds me, a couple of weeks ago I was coming back from... Um, Aries Inlet, and I had a bit of time up my sleeve, I didn't have to be back in town until about 5 o'clock, so I just stopped at Point Road night and had just a wonderful hour. Just, there was no-one there, there was a tiny bit of drizzle, I just wandered around, just sat, looked at the turns, looked at the waves, had a little bit of a swim, and I'd forgotten how important it is, at least for me, to just sit on the beach, no-one around, just look at the waves, look at the birds, look at the shells, all those wonderful things, and I encourage...
1: Oh, it's good all for your
2: soul. It's, it's so good for the soul. Oh, it Anthony. is. It's I, I, I encourage all of us oh, to do that, God, that yeah. at least a little bit over summer.
1: You got to, uh, and when you're doing it, you're not just a little bit, just smelling it. Smelling like it I always. just, I, I when I smell that, I just kind of go, oh.
3: fresh salt air. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. A little bit of kind of rotting kelp on the yeah. on the edge, dead fish, dead fish. Yeah. I just oh. love it. No, really, <laughs> I do love it. Hey, so, a bit of news. I saw an interesting article um, in the conversation this week. I saw two interesting articles in the conversation, went back and had a look at the stuff that was in it. The first one um, is by Ursula Allenberg, who's an honorary lecturer at La Trobe Uni, and it was based on some work that had just come out in the Journal of Endangered Species Research, and it's about new stats on penguin bycatch from fisheries. Which is a really interesting thing. So penguins, of course, as we know, are very impacted by what happens on land because, of course, they have to land and they have their burrows and whatever. And, and depending on where you do that, um, you're dealing with the pests that are on land. So foxes and cats and all that kind of stuff. And down Phillip Island and St Kilda, they manage that really tightly. Same in New Zealand, same in um, South America. Anyway, there are there are 18 species of penguins in the world. 14 of them are returning up as bycatch. So 14. Three of them are already in a state that is relatively endangered and and likely to be impacted by fishing, by catch. Um, and so it's the yellow-eyed penguin, New Zealand, the Humboldt and the Magellanic in South America. And it's just the way they fish. So the, hum, the um, Humboldt, I think it is. I'm just double-checking.
2: So these are ones that are subject to, like... F- Atrocity, well, not atrocities, but bycatch, so people who are fishing deep in the Southern Ocean.
1: Well, yes and no. So it could be continental as well. It doesn't have to be deep in the Southern Ocean. Um, So the ones, um, the uh, yellow eye, the New Zealand ones, what they do is they hunt at about um, 80 to 90 feet. So they go down through the water column, but they cannot see specifically one kind of fishing net. So fishing nets that move, not a problem, gill nets. I don't so it's gill nets because they're super fine, um nylon filament and they're diving down through them. And there's two sources of data there's actually reported by catch, which is fishermen saying, oh, whoops, <clears throat> caught them. Yeah. And they're turning up in that. And then there's also the ones that are turning up on beaches dead where there's some anecdotal evidence that fishermen are getting them and going, oh, bugger, cutting them out of their net and throwing them overboard. And then the carcasses, of course, turn up and you can tell whether it's had wine lying around it. Yeah. Now, it does mean... That, um, uh, and it's not a particularly nice thing because what they do is they get, they panic and then they drown. Because the the yellow eye can hold their breath for about two to three minutes, but if you're caught in, um, you know, nylon wire, you can Yeah. And so, anyway, it's just some new research which has refocused the question of gear, the right gear for the right fish in the right conditions. And so I know John's talked about this a lot, we've all talked about this a lot, but when you think about that, I think the the message is it's quite under-recorded. In her article, Ursula talks a bit about fish in fish and chips and particularly gill netting for particular types of shark species. So do pay attention to the Sustainable Seafood Guide, um, which we've talked a lot about on Marinara over the years. And... uh, I didn't know that you were going to talk about that. But oh, no, what I want know. to talk no, no, about... you meant to say this was a segue.
2: No, it's not no, a <laughs> segue. We, we're, we're not nearly as organised as that, but the article that what I've got in front of me... Is relates. ...is it very yes. much relates to fishing and to the damage that we see to the marine
1: We, yeah, we is, had the perfect opportunity to look really professional then,
2: you know, with that. But I anyway. know, I blew <laughs> it. There's no way I could look perfectly <laughs> professional. Um, the North Atlantic right whale faces extinction. North Atlantic right whale is the, um, the most well-studied of the whales, and the whales we might know, so, for example, the, um, the humpback whale that we have going up our east coast and west coast, up and down, the numbers in those whales have increased over the past few decades since whaling has decreased. But the North Atlantic right whale, it appears that its numbers, after having come back to probably a peak of around 500 in... Perhaps ten years ago is now heading south again, as it were. The numbers, hmm. the numbers are decreasing, and this, Anthony, is because of fishing gear. Huh? Um, so they breed the North Atlantic right whale. It can't the... be gill nets. It's not gill nets. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's crab pots. It,
1: it's yeah. long, line. yeah, long lines it, 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 it's yeah. that get
2: caught up in the whales, and they can that can dramatically damage, you know, kill a lot and of whales. And there's
1: actually enough of it happening that whales there's... are bycatch.
2: That's right. Well, they're Goodness. not. By- they're not bycatch. That the whales are dra- are getting entangled in the nets. It's not killing them straight away, but it's uh, really it's, it, the power that they need to generate. Like they expend like another hundred yeah, percent right. of energy just dragging this thing around, like lobster pots or nets. And they've had whales which have picked these up off Canada, off New England, so the top right hand side of North America. So that's where yeah. they spend. Um, Their summers feeding and they breed off Florida in the winter. There's been a lot of, um, in the past couple of decades, a lot of control about fishing nets for this reason in the, um, in the breeding areas mm. down near Florida. But there hasn't been so much attention to it up in the northern climes where they go to feed in summer. So, people are looking at it. There's now. People are very worried. The um, breeding... It turns out that North Atlantic right whale females are breeding every nine years instead of three years. Numbers what? are decreasing.
1: Because of the energy loss?
2: Yeah. This is what they're putting it down no. to. There's an article by Elizabeth Panisi in Science which appeared on the 10th of November. This Goodness is all from me. the... Res- it's all what's coming out in a, um in a conference that they had, and under, this is at the meeting so those, for the Society for Marine Mammology last month in Halifax, in Canada.
1: I mean, to draw these two things together, obviously, you know, if, if you're dying in the, in the gear, the, the, that's, that's bad, like you know, from an evolutionary perspective, you know. But the, it's these indirect effects that you're talking about there, Dr. Beach, that are probably having a bigger population impact. Well, I don't know whether it's bigger or less, but, you know, than, than the loss through actual bycatch. And death. So those, you know, if you if you're tripling the time between breeding, then you are really potentially impacting that population. Yep. Wow, that's that is a very interesting. I've got a
2: completely in different fact, one. To in change. fact, just to check I'm oh, going yeah. back and reading this again, it says yes, the females are having young just every nine years or more compared with every three years in the 1980s.
1: And that's at a population level, just so people are clear. That's not individual females. What they're saying is that within a population, uh, the, 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 the females are just, it's taking longer for breeding because that'll be an energy thing.
2: Yeah. So they're mostly ah. lobster and crab traps and also fishing gear from other
1: How's types of fishing. Like? Hey, I'm going to switch gears completely now and talk about um, this, you know, this thing that we've been talking about, well, since the show started, actually, um, Twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Twenty whatever it was twenty one now, isn't it? Twenty, isn't it? You know, this is show number nine hundred and twenty eight. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, anyway, back on show number one, two, three, and all through the other nine hundred and twenty seven of them, um, we've mentioned that thing called sea level rise and climate change. We've been talking about it forever and ever and ever, and probably way before it became a major thing for lots of people to talk about. Anyway, I was kind of flicking through. Um, and, and came across some work by um, Sir Patrick Dunn, who's a professor of geography at uh, University of Sunshine Coast, who works at... And I mean, Jay and I were trying to pronounce these words before, and Jay oh. did it better than me. What's the island?
3: Oh, you're going to po- have to show me the...
1: Pompeii? Yeah, Pompeii. Yeah, yeah. Pompeii. Pompeii. Yeah. Thank you. Pompeii Island. Micro- Pompeii. Not Pompeii. Pon. No, pom. with an N. And the H is silent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Pompeii, which is an island in Micronesia, and Micronesia, for those that don't know, is a bunch of islands that are kind of like south-east of the Philippines. So, east yeah, yeah. And, and this was, and for, they appeared about, Micronesia appeared about 4,000 years ago. Like, there are a new bunch of islands, a bunch of rocks, um, you know, through the glass, glass interglacial, and then a bunch of then corals and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, and then people, mainly they think from the Philippines actually, took one of the largest cross-sea voyages at that particular time, the two and a half thousand k's, and you would imagine you wouldn't have known they were there. Anyway, they head off. Anyway, they found, them, they settled them. You, you wouldn't the have known the islands no, where they were there. No, you've been so, Let's go. <laughs> you know, off we go. Oh, two and a half thousand k's later. Thank God for that, eh? Anyway, um, it's a bit like the you know the original Polynesians from <laughs> coming across yeah. from South America. But anyway, so um, this particular set of islands, and I'm going to get this one so wrong, but the Nalepenod. <laughs> Nalepeno, Nalepenod? Yeah, something like that. Um, is a particular little island next to Pompeii and it was within the community, within the Micronesian history or Pompeian history was a very important island because in the 1850s it was the place of a very huge battle between two rival kingdoms in, in Micronesia, the Kitty and then the Madaloen... I get that totally wrong, so I apologise to any Pompeian listeners. <laughs> Anyway, two famous kingdoms. Anyway, big battle, and it, the reason why it was a kind of like it stands out in Pompeian memory is because it was the first battle in Pompeian history to involve European sailor mercenaries. And you should look this up, but they're called beachcombers, and they were a bunch of sailor mercenaries that changed. We should do a, the thing. The, the, on the, these, this, uh, the, this is the alone. true meaning of
2: beachcombers. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah this.
1: They were called beachcombers, and what they did was they went around and fought for various native groups around the Pacific against oh. other various native groups. It was this thing, basically, a bunch of ex pirates and sailor Sounds like Game of Thrones. It really <laughs> is. Like the second yeah. son. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Pick, picking up a bit of coin, knocking off other. Bit, pretty much, yeah. Just helping each other fight oh, their battles. There's a movie
0: in that.
1: Oh, I, know. I know. We should we should get, we should get Jeff onto that. This band have been one yeah. in the 1920s. Yeah, with some anyway. Anyway, the beachcombers were part of this one it was the first one in Pompeii history. They bought in the beachcombers, and what the beachcombers did was they brought in their own weapons. So this stands out in Pompeii in history as a kind of a, a, t- a turning of the tide of Pompeii in history. Anyway, big in oral history, the island's gone.
2: Uh, it's it, it been submerged.
1: Got been submerged. submerged. Yep. So Micronesia, because of climate change, because of sea level rise, Micronesia, the sea, just the where it is and the shape of the globe, it's the sea level is rising at two to three times the global average. Okay, so global mean sea level rise uh, by 2100 is 80 centimetres. So around here in Pompeii, that will be two to three times that. So 1.6 to 2.4 metres. But this is gone but already. But this is already gone.
0: How big was it?
1: Oh, it wasn't huge. I mean, I'm just looking at the size of it, it's probably half a K. Okay. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a little kind of coral atoll. We'd had proper coconut trees. And, and did it, it have It was big enough to have a battle. Were there people on it? <laughs> yeah. So where have they gone? Yeah. Well, they'd moved to the main island of Pompeii a little while ago when it started getting a bit wet. But you know, for the Pompeians, you know, for the Micronesian's, this is a big kind of moment because it's got this part of you know, it's got this history, and it's also got you know, like, well, there you go, it's gone.
0: It'd be like losing Kokoda. For us. It would be.
1: It would be. Yeah, or Anzac it's got Cove. a yeah, it's got a cultural history yeah. to it that's uh, that resonates deeply. Anyway. Um, Yeah, I know this stuff is going to happen more and more and more. And, of course, then the whole question then of, well, where do the Micronesians all go? Mm -hmm. How well do we welcome these people into our countries when their countries disappear? Manus Island. And on that note... (laughs) um, yeah. I was going to have a chat about some interesting stuff that came up in the North Sea about carbon sequestration, which is a way of trying to mitigate, but we've run out of time. So let's do that another time, maybe next year. And uh, we've got our Doctors of Surf here this morning, and you guys are going to talk about the perfect wave.
0: Well, a is it perfect wave. A? Yeah, a bit, is, it, oh,
1: is it the perfect wave? Or controversy.
0: Well, controversy. what we'll do is we'll set the scene. This, okay. is, this is coming from an article in Science, All oh, right. which is an august scientific <laughs> journal. It's not the Herald Sun. And it's volume 358, issue 6364. Science is like the American version of nature. Is that true? Or so? yeah, that, that is very yeah. true. And, and yeah, that's no, no, top two science yeah. journals. And I just so, want to say here like an article, if you say you've got
2: an article in science, that generally means you've got like a four or five page peer reviewed scientific report on something. Yeah. This is an. Article in science in the sense that it's a news
0: item at the beginning. So it's talking about other work which is being done by people. That's right. And it's about the collaboration between Kelly Slater, 11 times world champion, and an academic called Adam Fincham from the University of Southern California in LA to sculpt A Perfect Wave, which they have done. And basically what they did, they took 10 years working with supercomputers to simulate the wave which they then created in a wave tank in miniature. Oh, wow. And then they... they up- what, like putting mice on little surfboards? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well
0: those little models we used to get when we were kids. <laughs> like little Lego. Lego. Yeah. <laughs> then they moved to an artificial lake. But, of course, when you go to the real world, things weren't the same. But I think the, the main thing to understand is that the wave is created <laughs> by pulling a carefully crafted metal blade called a hydrofoil through the water and it creates a wave in a pool that's about 700 metres long. Yeah. Um, And I know there'll be a lot of people... Particularly surfers listening in who will have seen this on YouTube and it is a perfect wave, isn't it, Jay? Shape wise, yeah, yeah. Isn't so it,
1: how what what so what makes it perfect in that sense for you guys? It's
3: got big walls to do turns on like yeah. you know, waves yeah. have different sections. It's, and you know, it's got the big walls for the turns and then the little tube section you can get tubed in. And
0: and they can dial up what kind of wave they want. No, they go
1: I want one that is taller,
0: one that's fatter, one that's Now I think it's probably wise to Um, point out at this stage that there are different types of artificial waves. This is one type. This is the Kelly Slater one. And we'll be talking about this because it's the um, company that built these wave pools. And there's another one now being built in Florida. Has recently been bought by the WSL, which is the World Surf League, which is like FIFA for surfing. They're hopefully
1: less corrupt.
0: Yes. Yeah, good. (laughs) Um, And I didn't think too long before I said that. Um, But... That there, there are implications from that that we'll talk about, but it's worth pointing out that there are other wave pools or artificial waves going in. Greg Weber is putting one in in Queensland between the Gold Coast and Brisbane, which is kind of a perfect location. On,
1: Each, on land. On land. on land. These
0: are all big pools <coughs> where waves break, and the difference is in the technology that creates the wave. Greg Weber's has a different technology that creates a sets of waves. In other words, three or four waves come coming together. It's more realistic. It is. Yeah. The interesting thing about the Kelly Slater wave is that, and I only found this out yesterday, was that even though it creates the perfect wave, at the moment they can only create one wave every ten minutes.
3: Yeah, well, that's
0: six, six waves in an hour. Six waves in an hour because oh, they, wow. there's, there's oh this God. huge yeah, just blade just has got to be cranked back into position and then
1: shot Yeah, but again. when you're sitting out there on your board in the real world, yep. not, not in Kelly Slater's you know, supermarket wave... <laughs> Um, how many waves would you catch in an hour? Depends well, on the day. Yeah,
3: it depends. Yeah, okay. you have swell periods and you good have, day.
1: Give
3: me on a good, a good day. day. You could have what four or five waves in a set, and you could probably have two, three sets an hour.
0: So you oh, might I'd get ten waves. I reckon that, yeah. I can get six to ten waves in an hour. Yeah, well, there
1: yeah. you go. Six waves in an hour. Yeah,
0: but but that's, that's there are other people, other people out there also that? So we're waves. sharing.
1: Yeah, but why can't you share this one? You well, said it's you pretty can, wide.
0: You can, but <laughs> my point is... Yeah, you're going to get your six in an hour. Well, it's yeah. not the perfect
3: wave if you're sharing it with someone
0: else. <laughs> <laughs> God. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll move on oh. to the implications of this. Can I just ask another question? Though?
1: Is this a real wave? Yes. Yeah. You can look at it on YouTube. But it's like a, it's got it's got a piece of metal underneath it. What yeah. happens if you fall off?
0: <laughs> and, and it's brown because it's in a like a oh, dam. Yeah.
3: Oh, there's a beautiful it, picture in this in this article.
0: What it's in a big this? tank, so Quite.
2: 700 yeah. meters long, as Dr. Surf said, yeah. 150 oh, meters wide. Oh. What I not what I found fascinating about this article, because after you found it, Dr. Surf, you sent it to me to have a look, is that there's the, I was wondering, so if you've got a tank and you've got this wave and you're creating this perfect wave. Surely there will be turbulence in there, but they have on the right-hand side of this tank these things called dampers, which um, it's like sort of the drains at the edge of the pool. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, just like Olympic pools.
0: Yeah, so that just goes off. So the ripples disappear. And I think that's another reason why they only, at the moment, create one wave every 10 minutes, is they've got to wait for the pool to settle down. Otherwise you'll have chop on your perfect wave. So so, that.
1: so so, they let this thing off, then they rewind
0: this big hydrofoil, yeah. and
1: then they let it go again.
0: If you look on YouTube, you can Goodness. see it moving behind it. First time I looked at it, I thought, oh, there's a train going past. No. But that's, yeah. the, that's the wave generating hydrofoil. But
1: but but so, what do you guys think about this? Doesn't this challenge your perception? I'll tell you of what
0: I'll do. I'll read the last <laughs> sentence from the article in Science, and then oh. Jane and I will discuss it because mm. I don't believe, I don't agree with it. If their plans come true, it will fundamentally alter where people can surf, the learning process, how professionals train, and the endless summer search for perfection. Yeah. Do we agree, Jay?
3: I don't agree with the endless summer search for perfection. Pro- pro- like for training and stuff like that, yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: I think you're right yeah. there.
3: But, for, I mean... You're not going to get the
2: experience too you know, the, the, the salt in your hair, yeah. the, you know, the... Sunshine. Is it not even salt The water? dolphin's
0: in the water. No, it's fresh it's not water, salt water. water. No, no, oh, it'll be chlorinated. Yeah. It'd it, it, it have to be for OHS purposes. <laughs> you can't just have it in a dam, no, but you can have especially like salty. in California where they have giardia. Must they salt it or something. Like yeah, you know, those salty ozoa. Well, right I suppose you know. they could do it that way, but, but they but, would have to be careful. But what about the thing about, so, so
1: set aside that though, isn't it, like, wouldn't you just be sitting there waiting for it? It comes along and it's the same feeling?
0: Yeah, but I think the point that needs to be made is that now that WSL have bought this technology, they bought it specifically for professional contests, and the first one has been announced. It will be next year. Gee, that'll be a long contest. And so they're dropping out a contest (laughs) at Trestles, (laughs) which is in California. They've also dropped out a contest at Cloudbreak, which is a bit controversial, but they say it's because of lack of of support. So they, and they're going to
1: go inland. And they're
0: going to go inland to Kelly Slater's Wave Pool in, I think it's near Lompoc or somewhere, yeah, which yeah, anyone oh. who used to oh, yeah. watch Roger Ramjet will know where Lompoc yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're going to hold it's, it's, it It's
1: 150 k inland
0: from yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's also, Lompoc's not that interesting. No. <laughs> it's, it's like big Unless flat. Unless you pl- like hang
2: on, there's a big artichokes. There's, there's lots of artichokes. Well, well, there. There's also a big quarry full of diatomaceous earth. Yes, Diatoms, so. which brings us back to fighter plank, which
0: is <laughs> what we need to do all of the time. You live in a very small yeah, street, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the and the other thing I will point out is that there's now talk. There's always been talk about introducing surfing into the Olympics. Yeah. So now, if you put your thinking the thinking cap on, it was in last time. Well, there, there, it's, it's it? no, I don't think so. But it's, it's going know. to be introduced yeah, as a demonstration oh, sport. Oh, that's right. Next time. And. Japan. it may well have been put in as a demonstration sport but they're going to look at putting it in as a proper sport yeah. and this i believe this technology will allow them to do that
1: but hang on it's going to be incredibly what? long competition like cuz
0: yeah. you've got to wind the thing back and let it go i'm hopeful <laughs> that they'll they'll reduce the number of do they need the increase. olympics though well there's always make- been a group of people in america that like to make money yeah. who wanted in the olympics that's true so is gonna- it all about
3: the 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 well, if
0: it goes in the Olympics, will it be like golf? You know, we, you know when they put golf
1: in the Olympics, and like none of them turned up because they had better things to do on the on the normal golf. Circuit. I almost feel like it probably could, be, yeah, and they could. were just like, oh, I'm not going there. I'm going to do this one. And yeah. tennis, like tennis, exactly. they all didn't turn up either. They were just like, no, nah, I have
2: got a better tournament <laughs> to be at. But I guess, I guess that the, the Olympic thing is driven by the fact that this will give you consistency with the wave, yes, so you will you, therefore you be able to oh really, God, really compare no. between different. And,
0: and you don't have to worry. Look, like, for example. There's a competition in Hawaii about to start. That's the last competition for the men's surfing championship, and they but they they have a two week period because they're not sure when the waves are going to come. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. So if you're like running bells. an Olympics, an Olympics, how long does the Olympics last for? Two uh, weeks, ten
1: days, or something. You yeah. have to be no, pretty sure you're going to get waves.
0: Uh, yeah. And so, I, and this is my opinion, I'm not basing this on anything other oh, than the fact that I've thought about it, is <laughs> that I reckon that this will happen. Mark my yeah, words. But, but look, I'm no, banging the do, desk.
1: They do, um, they do, he's, he's banging the desk, he's <laughs> banging the desk. got him wound up. The, um, they do that with yachting, though. I mean, the Olympics has yachting, and yachting needs that other stuff, wind.
0: Yeah, true.
1: I I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the end of the world.
3: The pool cancels out the whole, like, as a surfer surfing in the ocean, you're sort of waiting for the conditions, everything to line up, like swell direction, wind direction, wind power, swell power. <clears throat> and yeah, well, and it, so take, it takes and
1: isn't it away. Isn't that out? the point? Like, isn't it the whole point? Like that, if, if you're in a comp, then it's part of your reading of the environment. Yes. Mm. That is your your expertise. wave knowledge,
0: and it yeah. takes away your paddling yeah. power. Because if you're a superior paddler, yeah. you just sit you there. Can, and, yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of um, arguments. So around So it means that, that
1: someone like me could get up on that wave and do a thing that I couldn't mm. use the word for because I don't they know what it talk-
0: is. They were talking <laughs> about even doing um, like
3: this wave was going to. Create room for manoeuvres that wouldn't otherwise be possible out in the ocean, like a loop oh, to loop in a barrel. Goodness so, me, you
0: know. Yeah, and and so I believe, <sighs> is it that the end it, of the world? As no, we know no, it. no. We'll still surf as we always have, but this will be a, a sideline. It'll be like Formula One.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, when I mean, when we buy cars, we don't buy Formula Ones. And we don't drive them on tracks. Yeah. It'll be the same thing. And before we wind up, yeah. I've just got to say congratulations to Tyler Wright, who just won the women's yes. world championship for the second year in a row. An that's Australian right. Good surfer, on you. Well, well done, done. Good on you. sensational. So that's that's us for the year. <laughs> can, 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 can I have a minute just on on
2: the, back on the perfect wave? Totally. One, one of the really
0: interesting things about this
2: for me is that they used to model waves in t- kind of miniature. Like Imagine the Thunderbirds. You're watching the Thunderbirds. you yeah. have got everything in miniature. And so people in labs could model those perfect waves. This is the first time this dude has actually... Someone's done it. On a massive scale. On, on a, on a yeah, yeah, yeah. normal scale. Yeah. So,
1: kind of hats oh, off to him. It, it's, it's really cool.
2: It, it, it's a really good science in this. It's fantastic.
1: So, my PhD involved using flow tanks, using hydrodynamics, and I'm just thinking, if I had had
2: a tank this big, I could have done a whole lot of different stuff. Mm. <laughs> and that was all, of course, because we were going to have barbecues that day today, but it's been um, postponed until February... At the um, towards the end of summer. But we've got a lot of summer between now and then and a lot of you are going to be getting out on the water, a lot of you are going to be getting under the water and some of you might have been heading down to the left-hand side of Port Phillip Bay, perhaps <laughs> down to the right-hand side of Port Phillip <laughs> Bay.
1: If you look at it, it's either way, though. If you're down to the bottom or the top,
2: it's both. I, I, I can't tell you It's between the the west. The, be- if, you're, if you're heading down to the Bellarine Peninsula, beautiful Ballerine. the beautiful Bellarine, then you might be going to Queenscliff. And if you're going to Queenscliff, you might be tempted to go to the Queenscliff Marine Discovery Centre, which is that beautiful building which is there. What do they call it?
0: The Narrows? I or think it's, or near Swan, is it's near Swan near Swan yeah. Bay. So as it's as you're heading building, into Queenscliff. It's on the left. No, it's on the right. What? If you're heading out of Queenscliff, the, isn't it we, the one, we ask our guest? Well that's <laughs> the,
2: the point. one it the
0: it's got grass on the roof, isn't it? Yeah. Well if you're if you're heading
2: into Queenscliff, it's on the left.
0: <laughs> let's go to the let's well, go the to the, phone. Point, the point of all the point of all this
2: confused <laughs> is confused palabras that we now have on the other end of the phone waiting very patiently for us. Um Alex Jenner, how are you going, Alex?
4: I'm great. I was
0: just waiting. I was just waiting could figure it out. <laughs> no, I, and I, I could. I understand what you're thinking, Alex. And you're right. We are effing idiots. But anyway, it's a Sunday morning. <laughs> so, Alex, not, uh, at it,
2: all,
1: not at
0: all. In the, in sorry, the studio sorry. here, we got we got Anth, um,
2: Doctor Beach, and uh, we've got Doctor Surf, and we also have um, Doctor J. and Doctor J. So, how, how's it going down there at Queenscliff? Bit Bit wet and wild.
4: It's a little bit windy, not wet, but windy, unfortunately, so uh, all sort of plans on the water for me today were cancelled, but anyway.
2: That's right, I was quite excited about um, the opportunity of talking to you while you were out on the water, perhaps paddling or something in a, in a trimaran you were talking about, so that, that, yeah, that, that's that yeah, been postponed. No, you
4: know, outrigger, an outrigger actually. An yeah, outrigger. out-rigger from, yeah, out from Geelong, but uh, no, not not today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what are your plans for today?
4: Uh, today is just probably going to find a nice little cafe in Queenscliff and
2: have a coffee i think alex you're at the the, the Queenscliff marine discovery center which i've had the, the good fortune to visit for the first time in ages just a few weeks ago and it's wonderful what's happening down there um can you just as we head into summer many people are going to be thinking of heading down there and going to other places what's in store for them if they call in there
4: Sure. So the is going to be open for our holiday program. So we're not open throughout the year just for kind of walking visitors, unfortunately, because we're quite busy with school groups. So that's our, our kind of main clientele throughout the year. But in the holidays, we do put on a, a school holiday program. And this coming summer, so starting on the 2nd of January, we're going to have a whole bunch of activities that get people on, in and around the water. And uh, so activities like, you know, getting out on a boat or um, going fishing or possibly um, canoeing, snorkeling, rock pool rambling, anything to do with getting people out into their environment and their backyard for a lot of people that uh, and their backyard that they might not know a lot about.
2: Fantastic. So getting out on a boat, what, what would that I mean, obviously, getting on a boat and heading out into the, into the bay, That's I was about what, what would that entail? <laughs> How
1: long have you been but, doing this show? <laughs> but is
2: this a Pope's a Eye? Boat. A, a, <laughs> is this a Pope's yeah. Eye thing, a Mud Island thing, just having a look around uh, Queen's perhaps going through the head? It's getting really dangerous.
4: Well, we've got um, two trips that we offer. One is a family fishing trip, so that's a boat trip, getting out to some little spots in the bay that um, you know people might not normally get a chance to go out and fish if they've done a lot of you know pier fishing with their family. This is a uh, a nice short trip because uh, if you've got lots of kids, you'd probably know that four or five hour fishing trips are not uh, really conducive to. <laughs> yeah.
1: To I remember Flat when I was I was like, I was
4: uh,
1: young. We, we we would stay at Rye, and we would go and get down at Rye and get on a boat at six a.m. and go out and go flathead fishing as a family. You know, it was a family thing. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. and um, yeah, I loved it for the first two hours, and then the exactly. second two and a half hours, I thought, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so hey, I know what you, you mean, coming? Alex.
4: And especially if you're actually fishing and not catching. Yeah.
1: Yeah. With with eight-year-olds.
4: Yeah, exactly. So these trips are designed those first two hours, exactly how you said, but, you know, that's when everyone's all excited. And then by the time everyone starts to go, all right, we've had enough, it's time to go back. So it's um, really perfect for that kind of 8 to 12 age group. And then the other boat trip that we run um, is a little bit different. We call this one a marine biology cruise where we do a bit of sightseeing in the southern part of the bay. So we do visit Pope's Eye. We go past and check out those beautiful gannets and then go a little bit further and go out to the caisson and check out the furry things that are out there. And we they're the
1: also, seals, um, for those that don't know that what's out there. They're seals. There's not people living there with big wigs. Not very people.
0: No.
1: <laughs> you know, they actual seals. And what was the other word you chucked in there? The caisson.
0: caisson. Oh, I know what a caisson is.
4: Chinaman's hat. Yeah. that's
1: the other name hat. for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what is a caisson? Is. Well,
2: a caisson, I thought, that wasn't the caisson. That was like when they're building bridges in that water, right. like the Brooklyn Bridge, they have to, like, to stick all the workers down in that They have to build they, something into the mud so, so that all the workers in. can go in. And then in. they
1: pump the water out with yep. air pressure. Yeah. And this is what yeah. it was, because it was going to be... What was it going to be, Alex? It was going to I be a no. fort, wasn't it?
4: It was um, going to be, and it was used as part of the defences, but not actually a fort. So it wasn't kind of fortified like South Channel Fort. Pope's Eye yeah. was going to be a fort, just like South Channel Fort. Yeah. Um, so they, they used the caisson, as a um, the story goes, that and I'm sure someone will know the story better than I do but um, they'd um, use it as a they could shine a light from the case onto the land and then if that light was broken during the night. That meant a ship had come
1: in, so they they would know if any enemy ships had entered Port Phillip Bay. It was the it was the pre Wi-Fi version of the things that happen when you walk in supermarkets and the doors open.
0: So some poor person had to stare at the light all yeah. night. Yeah, <laughs>
1: they <day>. took turns. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Anyway,
2: Alex, back back to what's happening. Now, you know, now it's now so it's just exactly. inhabited by sea. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's <laughs> let's get back to the point. So these are the, the marine biology crews and the boat trips are reasonably priced. I would imagine. You're, they not, you're, not, you're not going to be gouging people for you know, <laughs> turning yeah, them upside down, not. shaking every last penny out of their pocket?
4: No. If anything, I think they're way too cheap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's fantastic. How do people get on? Do they ring you? Should I hand out your personal number now so people can call you up and book? Sure,
4: they can just call me now. I'll book them in. <laughs> so, so our um, program hasn't officially opened yet, but um, there's two ways. So people can um, keep an eye on the Marine and Freshwater Discovery Centre website which is part of the Victorian Fisheries Authority. So they can um, just sort of log on there um, sort of well, mid-December onwards. So we'll have our activities on there. Um, or they can call the centre and make a booking or they can email the centre and make a booking. Um, but they, they don't actually open till mid-December. So we won't be taking any bookings until then. And it's pretty much first you know first call, first booking in, um, they do get booked out pretty quickly because they are so reasonably priced. Uh, and some of the activities are completely free. So we partner up with um, Summer by the Sea and we run activities like rock pool, rambles, and mudflats, which are no cost at all.
0: And can people drop into the centre? Do you have like um, aquaria and water tables for them to look at?
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, when the program's running, which will be uh, January 2nd to the 25th, we're going to be open every day in between those dates, and they can pop in any time between 10 and 4. And we have an amazing group of people, our volunteers, which help us actually run the program, and I have to give them a really special plug because without them, we can't... Actually, run the centre and run a whole bunch of activities over the summer. So the volunteers hold down the fort in the centre or assist us in you know coming out to the rock pools and things like that. And so it means yeah, people can come in, have a look around. There's great people to talk to. There is a touch tank where they can gently touch the animals. So you know, no scenes of uh, finding Dory there. And, um, <laughs> yes. And, you know, and, and have a great experience and, and talk to people who are passionate about the marine and freshwater environment. Cause we've, we've also got freshwater tanks in there too.
2: Sounds fantastic. We've got, to, we've got to get out of here for the doctors in a couple of minutes. But just in 30 seconds, any tips for people heading out on the water and what people should have at the front of their frontal lobe over summer if they're dealing with the water?
4: Yeah, I just want people to be safe and to just make really good choices and check the weather just like I did this morning, although I just looked out my window and was more because I was a bit lazy more than anything else. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just to really, you know, be aware of their impact on on our environment, but also be aware of their impact on other users of our environment. So, you know, let's all just be really nice and play nice and look after what's out there and respect other users of our amazing marine environment.
1: You know, one of the ones that I think um, comes up a little bit, doesn't get the the coverage, it probably could. You know, we do a lot of drinking drive conversation about the roads, but I think on water, Drinking and driving is a very bad idea as well.
4: Absolutely. And I think that's and not, a. Not just for the skipper, but for everyone else on board. Uh, as well. Yeah. How many yeah. times
1: have idiots fallen over? And... But anyway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. On, on, with, those, um, with those, I was about to say beautiful words from you before, Alex, but yeah, not so beautiful <laughs> so, words yeah, from, yeah, from yeah, Anthony. Sorry, yeah. uh, thank you very much, um, Alex Giannuzzi from the um, Queenscliff Marine and Freshwater Discovery Centre down on you the Bellarine Peninsula. That. Yeah,
4: hope to see
2: you over summer. Uh, sure well, Thanks, Alex. See ya. Thank See ya. You.
4: Bye. It's
1: a great place down there at Queenscliff.
2: So head on down. It's got the um, the grass on the roof. As you're heading into Queenscliff on the left hand side.
1: What have I done?
2: I don't, I don't know. We, we,
1: <laughs> we are really having. We, we've
2: got we've got about thirty seconds left of Radio Marinara here, and um, right. we're going to wrap it up without our outro. By the sounds of it, are
1: right. Amazing
0: amounts of computer confusion here.
1: Computer confusion. See what
0: happens when you rely on technology. Yeah, I'm
1: going to try that again. Let me try that again. No, nah, oh, total and utter confusion going on in the computer system. Okay. we'll, so, we'll wrap it up and I say think goodbye. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Say we'll just slam the door and get out of here. It's I'm 10 gonna o'clock. Try, I'm going to try and find something else to play, and we'll just see what we can do.
0: This has been a podcast from Free Triple R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne.